98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Three o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show, and the season opener for the Arizona Cardinals is just a handful of days away. It's game week. We're through the preseason. We're through starters not playing. Still have some injuries that we're dealing with the cards. And we're going to get to that in a, a few minutes here on the Burns and Gambo show, the latest of what's going on with some of the guys. But as we get closer and closer to week one against Kansas City on Sunday, Gambo, now it's time to really kind of hone in on what people are saying and what people are thinking about the Arizona Cardinals and their chances of repeating this year as a playoff team and even their chances in the division. I saw that there was somebody on the NFL network i can't remember who who actually predicted the cardinals to win the nfc west which i found a little difficult to believe we've got two predictions in front of us from two albeit very different and yet respected kind of media members making their predictions and neither one of them say the arizona cardinals are a playoff team where do you want to start let's start with the one you found from peter king on football morning in america hit me with it what do you got so peter king in his projects in his uh projections went through the entire and I always enjoy his columns. He's been a long-time NFL writer and does a really good job. But in his projections, he went through the in, the entire league, and I'll just go through the NFC for you, not the AFC. But in the NFC, he's got New Orleans winning the division, Green Bay, uh, Philadelphia, and the Rams. That's his That's okay. his four teams to win the division. Pause you there for a second. Mm-hmm. New Orleans winning the division. He's got New Orleans going 12-5. and five. Okay. Go ahead. Not, finish, finish he's got not, not Tampa Bay. He's got the Saints going 12-5, and five, which would be a little bit of a surprise to us because we don't think that they're going to be that good. So New Orleans 12-5, and five, Green Bay 12-5, and five, Philly 11-6, and six, the Rams 10-7. and seven. Ten and seven mm-hmm. for the Rams. Okay, he points out their schedule. They're facing mm-hmm. a murderous schedule. Same at the schedule. The, of the Cardinals season. are facing basically, yeah. basically the same. Um, okay, so now here's his wild card teams. You ready? Yeah. The Vikings at eleven and six. Mm. Uh, the Bucks at ten and seven. Mm. Says just too much noise and too many injuries around this team. Talent and Brady mix. The Bucks still a factor. And the 49ers at 10 and 7. Says we interrupt this endless quarterback story to remind you the other 51 players on this roster are pretty good. <laughs> so Peter King can write. That's a good line. So I like that. So tiebreaker San Francisco over Dallas at 10 and 7. So he's got Dallas as number 8. He doesn't list anybody else. Dallas but, is, yes. But he's got Dallas basically as the last team out in the NFC because he says San Francisco. Okay, can, can I give you just a couple of quick takeaways here Please, on this yeah. one? All right. So takeaway number one, he's got New Orleans winning the South, which to me, is noteworthy just in that I think a lot of us had assumed that if the Cardinals were to repeat as a playoff team, there's only one team getting into the playoffs from the South, and that's going to be Tampa Bay. He's got two when he thinks New Orleans, and I agree with him on Tampa Bay to a certain extent. I I think there is a lot of noise about them, and I think there's a lot of complications with that organization. I don't know if they're a a sure... I mean, I think they're a sure thing to make the playoffs, but I just don't know if anybody else in that division is good enough to to be a playoff team and and certainly to, to be the best team in the NFC. Okay, and just go. Let me just go over this with the Saints. Okay, just when, you know, once you get past the uh, so regular season games, they've got to play the Bucks twice and the Panthers. They also play the Vikings. They play the Bengals. They play the Cardinals. They play the Raiders. They play the Ravens. They play the Rams and the Forty Niners. Like that, their schedule's not that easy. Their schedule's not. I don't that know how easy. he came up with twelve wins, but okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And the other one is Minnesota. Because because how how many times have we had the conversation when talking about the NFC? Yes, it's tough to repeat when you're at the bottom of the playoff standings, right? When you're the Cardinals, yeah, 
it's tough to make it back a second year. But as you've pointed out so astutely for months now, who's good enough in the NFC to come take it from them? Well, according to Peter King, he's got not one but two teams that are good enough to come take it from him. New Orleans in the top slot and Minnesota at number five. Now, I don't think Minnesota is going to be that good, but I don't have a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins. And I don't think New Orleans is going to be that good because, frankly, I don't have a lot of faith in Jameis Winston either. Right. So, so those are, and I, I know that's a quarterback centric argument, but those are two teams that he says, yeah, they're going to come take what the Cardinals have. Those two teams right there. And I don't know if they're good enough to do it or not. So, no Cardinals. And he doesn't even have the Cardinals as the next team, the first team. No, out. no. And I just, uh, just quickly, if I go over his, sure. um, AFC. Uh, no, nah, okay. Well, I can go over the AFC. Just real quick, real quick. All right, his AFC is Buffalo, Baltimore, the Chargers, and Tennessee winning the division, and then Kansas City as a wild card with Cincinnati and Miami. So that's his playoff teams. His Super Bowl, by the way, is Buffalo over Green Bay. He's got the Bills finally winning the Super it's gonna Bowl. It's going to be a very popular pick, I think, when it comes to something like that. All right, Cynthia Freeland looks at it very differently. She's from the NFL Network. She runs for simulations. She's got the analytics. She works at it that way. And, and for what it's worth, I looked at Cynthia Freeland's predictions last year, and she wasn't that far off for what it's worth. This yeah, she's year... She's pretty good. She's pretty She's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, I mean, her win totals, everyone's kind of jammed up, but that's also the NFL. She has as her division champs the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, and the Eagles. She has as her wild card teams the Cowboys, the 49ers, okay. and the Vikings. So the difference between her and Peter King is just Dallas. Is Dallas and no Saints. She doesn't have the Saints. Okay, right. She's got no saying. She's got the yeah. Vikings there. Yeah, so does Peter. Um, but she she has the Bucks winning the division. She does not have the Saints. She has as the next team, okay, as the next team out, she's got the Cardinals as the next team out. Okay, so she's got them right there. She's got them right there. Okay. At eight point, what did I say in the email, 8.7 wins. Then the Saints, then Washington after that. Last year, I looked. 8.7? Well, it's, I mean, it's just a simulation yeah, thing, yeah, so it's like it, an average thing right. or whatever. Last year, her predictions, she had the Bucks with 12.5 wins. They had 13. The Packers with 10.5. They had 13. Basically, she predicted the playoffs last year. The only team she got wrong was Washington. She said Washington was going to get in, and the Eagles made the playoffs instead. Other than that, she nailed it. She got it. The, the Bucks, Packers, 49ers, Rams, Washington, Cardinals, and Cowboys making the playoffs. So her predictions that now, but hers suggests the Cardinals are right there on the cusp of getting in, sure. where Peter King doesn't seem to think they're on the cusp of getting in. No, no. And listen, I think I, I, I could have sworn I saw a, proje- a projection just the other day that had the Cardinals going like eight, like, Eight and nine or nine and eight and making the playoffs. Really? Something crazy like that. Like Like a a record that wasn't wow, but was good enough to get in because the NFC was so soft this year. Yeah, like something with eight or nine wins and them getting in. So so I'm trying to see if I can find it. Um, But yeah, that's and and that one kind of shows just like just the because I I would buy that. I could buy the Cardinals getting in at nine and eight because the division is just because I don't think the NFC is that good. Now, with some of these, you know, will somebody pop like a New Orleans that we didn't expect? Maybe. Maybe it probably will happen. It usually does. Somebody just pops. Everything comes together. And you're like, wow, I didn't think the team was going to be that good. But I think overall, I do think the NFC is 
is just um, is lacking. They're just lacking all the talent. I think that's why the Cardinals can get in, even though their schedule's brutal. If they take care of it, like they, you can't, like to me, they can't lose a game to Seattle. No, you know. You've got to find a way. If you could split with the Rams and the 49ers, you'll absolutely take it. You'll, you'll, you'll take it. You don't have to beat either one of them twice. But you've got to make sure you win the games that you're supposed to win. Because there are a few games that are like, okay, they, Cardinals should definitely, they got to win those games. Um, but I also don't look at the beginning of the, like the, the first, like five or six weeks. Okay, it's really tough. They're not going 0 and 5. Like they're too good of a football no, team. No, they're too good of a football team to go 0 and 5. Right. And no matter what, Every time I look at projections like this, I tend to look at the AFC side. It's just so brutal over there. Cynthia Freeland has missing the playoffs in the AFC. The Dolphins, Titans, Raiders, and Patriots. All those teams are probably good enough to get a playoff spot in the NFC. Yeah. Right? The Dolphins, the Titans, the Raiders, and the Patriots. All out of the playoffs in the AFC. No Dolphins, huh? No Dolphins. She doesn't have the Dolphins in. It's an interesting team. She's got the Dolphins. They are an interesting team. And that's a... I don't know if there's a player in this league who's got more pressure on them this year than Tua Tungavailoa. Like, this is it, dude. Yeah. You got Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you got Tyreek Hill. They went out and they gave you the moon and the sun and the stars. And they got you a coach tailor-made for your... So you bet you... This is your year, man. This is it. If it doesn't happen this year for you, Tom Brady rumored to you know be taking your job the last two or three years, right? I mean, this is it, man. You better go out there and get it done. When we come back on the Burns and Gamble Show, we'll stick with the Arizona Cardinals because going into week one, you kind of hope that by taking it easy during the preseason, the Cardinals would be relatively healthy going into their week one opener. Not so. And we'll tell you who and what you have to worry about next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. There's quite a few um, game time decisions, more than you'd like. There's no question. But uh, a lot of those guys are veteran players that we know know what to do, know how to play, um, know how to handle the business. So hopefully if they can go on Sunday, they'll go and play at a high level. It was Cliff Kingsbury in his weekly visit with Wolf and Luke from earlier this afternoon. More injuries than you would expect for any team going into week one, but in particular for a team that was so very cautious with their players all August long. Right. Every Everybody was in bubble wrap. Nobody played. Everybody was in like a box. Do they not were, open until September no. 11th. And there's, they were all John Travolta. They were all John Travolta. The boy in the bubble. Boy in the bubble. Yeah. Right after school special or whatever it was. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Boy in the bubble. Once again, you make a bubble reference. I'm going to go moops from Seinfeld. But I got, I got it. You got your Travolta. I got my Seinfeld. Travolta, the boy in the bubble. Yeah. The, 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 oh, no. No. The moops. Kingsbury unsure if Marcus Golden's going to play. He's unsure if Zach Ertz is going to play. J.J. Watt wasn't at practice yesterday. Trayvon Mullen. The cornerback that they just got a week ago. Now, he granted, says he's going to be okay. He says he's going to be all right, but that's a position where they can. And then, of course, last week, where you were gone with the Antonio Hamilton. The, uh, news. You know what? I I saw that from when I was on vacation, and man, our our thoughts. That what a horrible. Had I told you what 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 before you left on vacation? Like what had happened? I can't remember for that. No, no, it, it hadn't happened before I left. Okay. Well, no, okay. no, no, no. He had gotten injured. 
before we left, but right. you hadn't, because I know you found out what had happened. I was long gone by the okay. time that happened. Yeah. Horrible story, man. Our, oh, our, man, I know. Our, our, our thoughts, and I, I'm, I know you covered this with Tim last week, but I just, I just got to say, for a guy who busted his ass this offseason, right, to put himself in this position and to have it be undone by something as random and un- unlucky as that and to have to miss at least the first four weeks of the season because of it, I, I feel really bad for that guy. Really bad for him. I was actually doing a little cook it over the weekend, and uh, which I don't do very often, but I did. I was thinking about that as the oil was in the pan and all of that stuff. I'm like, all right. Brutal. I'd have that like spill yeah, on your body, that hot oil like that. Yeah, that was yeah, terrible. You, you, don't, you don't want that no. at all. No, not at all. One bit. Now there is. Um, I'm opening this up right now, Mitch. Why don't you just come on and tell me what this is because it's really slow to open right now. What do you have? Yeah, for Yeah. So Antonio Hamilton was able to provide an update today with a photo. Uh, the quote on Twitter says, "Man with a bunch of uh, faces. I don't know which one. It feels so good." And then the picture in the image, there's a caption that says, "God is great. Just got the clearance to wear shoes. Skin is ninety percent." healed good wow. okay good good, good. that's yeah, great you, they worry about circulation and the blistering and everything like that when something happens when it's on your feet so uh the, he, he's you know he's going to be out for these weeks he's got to take the time to come back but in the meantime you know with him out because of this injury like Trayvon Mullen you need Trayvon Mullen to step up big time I mean he's got to say you need Gidry to be able to play I mean it's still listen they address the issues Okay, but it doesn't mean that like they've got this rock solid unit right now. They addressed they have definitely issues at cornerback. They went out and they made the trade for Trayvon Mullen, which we had said told everybody they're going to make this trade, mm-hmm. and then they go get Gidry. Um, they put in a waiver claim, and they got it was only thirty three guys claimed on waivers, and they got one of the guys on waivers. They were twenty third in the waiver process, so that's two new cornerbacks, and they're going to need these guys right now. Again, it doesn't make it a great unit, but I feel I felt a lot better about that unit after they traded for Trayvon Mullen. And after they got Gidry, that I did before that, and it's fine as long as Trayvon Mullen can play, and, and that becomes the kind of the concern there. And, and Cliff acknowledged with Wolf and Luke earlier today there are certain injuries that hurt them more because they're playing the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, if it was anybody, I would be, but particularly yeah. some of the areas that um, we're struggling with with some depth, uh, no doubt. When you're talking about corner, um, and we'll see where we're at, uh, at outside linebacker, but that that uh, is two areas. Is where you need to get pressure, you got to be able to cover versus this guy, and, and um, that could definitely pose quite a challenge. Outside linebacker to me, that's the interesting one. Because if this is a hold in and he's not hurt, this is the week where who jumps off the tractor? Right, we're playing. Yeah. We're playing now, now. I don't know that to be the case. That's pure speculation, and it's probably a tad bit unfair for me. But I'm not the only one who has wondered whether Marcus Golden. I mean, the guy basically hasn't done really any football work since he went on Twitter and asked for more money. Right? I mean, yeah. he joined us that day. He did when we were training camp. That was a month ago. That was a month and a couple of days ago. He hasn't practiced much since then. To the point where Cliff was asked yesterday about a Marcus Golden update, and here. Here's what he said. It's going to be a game time deal. Um, we'll continue to progress him, and hopefully Wednesday he can do something. Um, and he's a guy that if he even has limited practices, there'll, there'll be a role for him. But we'll see how it plays out. Now, if he's hurt, limited, okay, okay, then you take it all back and you go, okay, he's hurt, and and, and you know, obviously you got to deal with the injury. But we've seen guys who you know, and, and Marcus Golden basically came out and asked for more money. Came out and said, I I, I want you to get paid more. I think I've earned more money. 
if that's what's the root of all of this that's going on with him, then this becomes the week where somebody's going to blink, right? I mean, somebody's either going to play or he's not. He's either going to get paid or he's not. The last He tweeted out on August 29th, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. <laughs> okay, if you that's don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Now, on August 1st, uh, so August 1st, underpaid, underappreciated, and undervalued. But I'm still working. Underpaid, underappreciated, undervalued. That was August 1st. And then he came back, you know, 28 days later, four weeks later. If you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. It makes, it appears, it appears Mm -hmm. that it's more of a hold-in situation, but I don't know for sure, but that's what it appears as. Uh, Other, okay, so Marcus Golden and Mitch points this out to me. The first depth chart was released today, and this is actually like the first real depth chart. Every one they've sent out so far has been one based off of the preseason game that was upcoming. Uh, In this one, Marcus Golden is listed as the starting outside linebacker. Devon Kennard is listed as the backup. Kennard was signed to the practice squad. Right. So uh, that's why I'm looking at you kind of funny. Like, So that means he would be elevated. He'd have to be elevated. Um, he would De- be elevated. Dennis Gardeck is listed as the other starting outside linebacker with Victor Demukeji as his backup. The two third-round picks, Maje Sanders and Cameron Thomas, are running on the third team right now. And again, this is to Cliff's point. I welcome Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> These are- they lead the league in offense every single year. Did like you- every year. You talk about the custom-made two positions you don't want to have to deal with this crap going into the Kansas City game. You can't get pressure on him, and you can't cover Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Canting and Travis Kelsey. Screwed! You're screwed! Right and and so this look like the Georgia Bulldogs. They <laughs> <laughs> score in seven straight well, possessions. No, it's it's going to be. You know what? I was listening to Wolf and Luke talk about this, and, and it's gonna. It's almost got the potential to be like an arena football league game in the sense that basically a stop in arena football is almost as good as a turnover. Like we we kept you from scoring. All right, we got the ball back without you scoring. It's it almost like this game might have that kind of feel if you go into it and you're really that banged up no, at outside playing, linebacker. They're gonna play the Kansas City's gonna play a lot of young guys in that secondary too, by the way. Yeah. Which we'll talk about more tomorrow, but they're gonna play some young guys in that secondary. Could have a real score fest kind of thing. Now JJ Watt we'll see tomorrow with practice. Is he over the COVID? That's kind of what's kept him out the last week, week and a half or so. He also was a guy who didn't practice on Monday. Looks good for Justin Pugh, I think. He was on the practice field yeah. yesterday. Rodney Hudson was on the practice field yesterday. Um, so there are, you know, and again, Rondell Moore was on the practice field. It looks like, or, or at least is, is really close to coming back and should be okay. Um, th- it's just a high number of concerns for a team that works so hard to protect themselves from exactly this during the offseason. You know, they they work so, and I know some of it's random. I, I mean, Antonio, Antonio Hamilton, Hamilton, that's yeah. random. Yeah, there's not much you can do about something like that. Jeff Gladney was unfortunate and untimely and tragic and random when something like and that happens. You're going to have a month-long camp, man. Guys are going to get a little banged up here and there. Yeah. Even though you're not going, you know, crazy full pads, two-a-days, you know, it, guys still get banged up. Yeah. Do want to remind you, as always, you can text us your thoughts on anything we're talking about here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We welcome the comments on the fan duel text line. Text us at 62620 right now. We get a chance. We'll read the 
the best ones on the year. When we come back, Diamondbacks have not only been beating a majority of their opponents lately, they've been doing it with their greatest weapon. And no, it's not just Zach Gallen. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. It's too bad. It really, really is. Because while the Diamondbacks have played so very well as of late, it looks like it's just not going to be enough. Enough for, for what? To get into a wild card race. Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, L- let's blame the bullpen. Yeah. You know I like to blame somebody. because as, as We a, can blame the bullpen for this all day, every day. They've got a 485 winning percentage. A, a 500 record for a season like this would be a remarkable achievement. I know while I was gone on vacation, Troy Lovello had, what, had a year picked up on his contract? Yes, right? he so had sure the, the Diamondbacks picked up the option year on his contract. Okay. So he's going to be back, there, and rightfully so. He certainly deserves it with what he's done with this team. They're they're not they're not going to make it. I, I mean, they're eight games out with twenty one to play, twenty seven to play. Something right. like that to do the math real quick. We talked last week about can they get to five hundred and what an accomplishment that would be if they could just get to five hundred. Oh, they can do that. If they could get to 500, that would be absolutely tremendous. Yeah, I guess the shame of it, where I was going with it, the shame of it is that for you know winning nine of their last 11 and for all the, the great things that they're doing and as exciting as they are to watch, you'd love it if there was a little bit of a playoff chase kind of feel to it, right? And yeah. it's just, no matter how much you want to try to manufacture something like that, it's just not there. It's not, not too far there's back. Just, there's just right. not enough. And if I agree. It, they had just had a decent enough bullpen earlier in the season. They'd probably be in the wild card They'd right be now. right there. Yeah, but their bullpen sucks. I mean, Ian Kenny blew his fifth save the other day. Melanson's terrible. He gave up a home run in the, in the last time he pitched in the ninth inning. The bullpen's just a disaster. they got to figure something out because they... And, and, and it just doesn't work. I mean, every year the Diamondbacks bullpen is... I mean, you can't have it next year. Next year they got to get... they got to fi- they got to fix that thing. you got to fix whatever it takes. You have to fix that thing. I uh, It was a great point that uh, Nick Picoro had in his column uh, on on the, with the Arizona Republic about just what they've done and the guys that they've beaten. You know, they beat Logan Webb and then they went up and they beat Johnny Cueto and Dylan Cease and Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns and Aaron Nola. I'm starting to think about it. Like, you know, you're right. They, they beat a lot of they beat a lot of good teams. Those six guys that I mentioned that they beat, the Diamondbacks had, in 33 innings, they had 32 runs against all those pitches. 32 runs. Those guys pitched to an ERA of 8.18 against the D-backs. Great stuff. I mean, so while the offense, there was a time when the pitching was good and the offense was terrible. Right? Remember that? Oh, sure. We would always say the pitching's pretty good, but the offense has just been brutal. Well, the offense has really, really turned it around. And I got to be honest with you, it's led by the speed. I mean, McCarthy and Varsho and, 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 and Thomas and Carroll. And, and I got to be honest with you, nobody's talking about Stone Garrett. Love this kid. Love Stone Garrett. Terrific. I love the kid. His numbers have been so good since he's gotten here. I love him. You got to get him at bats. You got to get, I mean, absolutely. Hey, Seth Beer, I don't need to see Seth Beer ever again. I don't need to. Ever see him? Hey, listen, you had your one, you know, time in the spotlight. You had a home run on National Beer Day or whatever it was you know, on opening day. Yeah, I mean, I don't just, need to see you ever again. Just so we're clear about this, mm-hmm. yes to beer, no to Seth Beer. I mean, just so we're clear on that. Like, yeah, I, I don't want. I want to see beer again. 
I don't need to see yeah, you don't Seth Bjorken. Seth he was like very, uh, let's be very clear yeah. about this. Yes to beer, no to Seth Beer. I I'll just want to make sure we're I'll all the, on the same page. I'll have another uh, Schmittix. Is that what it's called Schmittix. when I, when I go Schmittix. to Ireland? Schmittix. I think it's Schmittix. Schmittix. <laughs> no matter how many times I say it, you're going to say it wrong. Uh, Smittix, I believe. I believe it's Smittix. Okay. The Irish beer. Yeah. You, didn't you try a sip of it? And you, I did. I did. I was you at a, winced uh, in pain. I was at a bar in, in Ireland, in Dublin, on St. Patty's Day, and yeah. I... Uh, I had a, uh, I had a kind of like they kind of combined the two. It's a black and tan. Yeah, whatever that is, like a Guinness <laughs> and a Schmidix. Is that what it was? That's, close, combined, enough. That's close enough. What a I waste. don't know. What a waste of material <laughs> to be in Dublin on St. Patrick's yes, Day. It was great. It was and great to and everything. Not want to drink a beer? I don't drink beer. <sighs> I don't drink. This is absolutely <laughs> gross. <laughs> Campo when he had a beer. It's disgusting. Ugh, gross. <laughs> to Nick's point, though, and to your point, yes, yeah. the offense has done it against some really good pitchers. And there's no doubt, once once we get past the starting pitching and how good Zach Gallon's been and how good Ryan Nelson was and how good Merrill Kelly's been, he's been, let's not forget about him. God, he's been no, terrific. All right, but if you're going to go to the next element about the Diamondbacks that makes you excited, they're so damn fast. They're so, fast. They're so damn fast. I, I mean, 85 it, Cardinals, McGee, Coleman, we talked about that all last week. They, they're like the 85 Cardinals. They fly all over the bases. They fly. And, and I mean, to the point where pressure on defense. Bac- McCarthy got picked off and he still stole the base. He still stole the base. It didn't matter. Nope. It, it didn't matter. And, and to the point where Torrey now, the options that he's, he they posted the lineup for today's game against San Diego. Corbin Carroll, who is probably a future center fielder in this league, he He's the DH tonight. He's not even playing defense yeah. tonight for the Diamondbacks. He's got McCarthy and left, Thomas in center, Varsho, who saved Zach Gallon's bacon on Sunday with that catch that he had that probably would have ended the scoreless streak if not for Varsho's speed and his ability to track that down. Varsho looks great in right field. They're so fast at every single Does anybody miss David position. Peralta? No. No. No, but... I mean, we like him. Nobody misses him. No. This McCarthy, is fun. This is a fun brand to watch. McCarthy, Thomas, Varsho, Stone Garrett, Corbin Carroll. You've those are your five. Those are your five outfielders. That's it. Now you could DH one here and there. The problem is four of those guys are left-handed batters. Only one's a right-handed batter. But that's my five outfielders right now: Stone Garrett, Varsho, Thomas, Carroll, McCarthy. I don't want anybody. Those I don't. I don't need a veteran bat. I don't need a veteran guy. I think Stone Garrett's the one who's sitting tonight. I think I need to look at that. I think. Yeah, he's and what's he hitting? Up. Yeah, he's the one. He's and in, what's he hitting? Got he's in Twitch like yesterday. Four fourteen. No, I love in the game since he's been here. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been. It's it's fun. And what's fun about it to watch is it's so anti baseball right now. And I, and I don't mean that like it's against baseball. What do you just, mean? I, it, baseball today is. Oh, I get you. I get you. Draw walks, hit home runs. Yes. Draw walks, yeah. hit home runs. Get don't on base, bases. hit home runs. No, no hit runs. runs. This is so different. Squeeze buns. We've this, seen squeeze oh, buns. This, this is this is singles. This is move them over. This is this is using the stolen base. Christian Walker said something to that extent after one of the games this weekend. He goes, "This offense, it's it's all about getting guys on and getting them over Walks. because we don't do walk a lot. Have a lot of power no. on this team, and you don't need it when you're that fast. All right, let me ask you a question. What sure. do you do? What do you do with Nick Ahmed next year? Final year of his contract. Oh, I think you trade him. Ooh. I think you trade Nick Ahmed. Yeah, you probably trade him. 
I think, is, you, try, is, I think you try to trade him. Because Lawler's not going to be here. Not ready, no. By next year. But by, per, maybe maybe by like a September call-up next year, we'll see Lawler. Perdomo's been pretty good. He's, he's getting better. And he gets on base with walks, and he's become a better fielder. He's a good fielder. Yep. He's getting like better. I think I like Perdomo enough to where you you trade Ahmed. Yeah, it's I, I just don't know. I, I fear that with Ahmed, it's going to be like Peralta. You're just not going to get a lot. You know, you're going to be trading him for the much like they traded Peralta to basically open a spot for Carroll. You're trading Ahmed for ultimately what is going to be opening a spot for Lawler just a year it, from now. Turn it over to these young kids, man. Turn this team over to fix the bullpen next year. Fix it. And listen, maybe maybe next year. I mean, I, I don't know what you do with Bumgarner. I mean, you're stuck with them for two more years. But you know, think about the pitchers they have, right? If you've got Gallon, Kelly, Henry, and now Nelson, like that's your four. Mm-hmm. I mean, Could, okay, so Bumgarner probably slides in as your number four next year. Can this team compete a year ahead of schedule? Yes. Okay, I mean, we if had a they poll. Fix the bullpen. We had a poll question. If they fix the bullpen, week and a half ago, two mm-hmm. weeks ago, when's the next time the Diamondbacks will make the playoffs? And most of us agreed, two years. Two years. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty twenty four would be the next time if they fix the bullpen. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this Tuesday afternoon, the Phoenix Suns may be not done making acquisitions, including the player that Gambo reported last week they could be targeting. We'll tell you more about what we know about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Admittedly, I didn't work a lot during vacation. What? I know. Good I know. for you. Good for you. Well, I... No, good for you. I like, just, you gotta. You gotta try to... You, you I, am, to. I unplugged, right? But I will, every now and then, would get alerts on the phone from the Arizona Sports app. Great app if you haven't downloaded it. Please do. And there's no doubt that my favorite update I got last week throughout the whole vacation... Was the, and I don't even know what day it happened. I just completely lost track of time. But whenever it was that you had reported that the Suns were interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, they had called that day. Thank God. Now, I don't know if anything's going to happen with it, but I, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't have yeah. a lot that the Jazz like because, then you know, the Suns aren't going to trade Cam Johnson or Mikhail Bridges. So, you know, you, you, you fact, OK, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, um, like, well, you know, you take the old, take, those are your guys. What's left? Campaign? Dario Saric, expiring contract? Yeah. Jay Crowder, expiring contract? Uh, like, what's left for them to I, want? There's I, really not much that anybody would want if they're going to keep Booker, Paul, Aiton, Mikhail, and Cam. I was thinking about that because at some point, how many draft picks are too many for the Utah Jazz, right? Like, they've oh, got, there is no limit. <laughs> well, well, but that, because that's, that's the main selling point, right? I mean, you have to have salaries yeah. to match if you're the Suns to get Bogdanovich here, and it's like 19 and a half, 19.8. Yeah, so million dollars, I think. 
age, two players probably. So I don't mind giving up draft picks for Boyan Bogdanovich, even though he's on the last year of his deal. Because if, and if that's the bait at the end of the hook to get him here, the Suns have those and can use those if they want. I was just trying to figure out at some point, do you need to include a player of substance like you're talking about in order to make that deal happen? Or are draft picks good enough? He's Is that a, good enough a, bait at the end of the hook to get him here? He's a free agent after this year. Mm-hmm. So there's not as much leverage for the Jazz in trading him because it's not like it's, he's on the two-year deal or a three-year deal. He's a free agent at the end of the season. So it's almost it's a one-year rental. So sometimes when you have guys like that, it's you know you don't get as much for them. You take what you can get. Yeah. What can I get from like you don't want to win? The Jazz don't want to win. They want to lose basketball games, right? So then, uh, you know, even the guys that they got from Cleveland are you know Larry Markinen and Sexton. Like one of the things that the Jazz like about that is that their contracts are pretty good. Like even they gave Sexton a new deal. Look at Larry Markinen's deal. Like they're tradable assets. You could trade those guys. So they're looking for players that they could trade or expiring contracts or yeah draft picks. Like no, there's there's not like I think you could, you you can't do one draft pick and get Bogdanovich. It's not going to work. Two draft picks, maybe, you know, would you give up two first round draft picks and some, you know, and some expiring contracts to get him? I mean, I would. You know how, you know, me and you both like the player I, a lot. I, I, I think the player is a perfect fit. Uh, we talk, and, and this is one thing we did talk about before I, uh, before I went on vacation, before you broke the news that the Suns had indeed inquired about him. I think he's the perfect fit. And to your point that you had made before I left, and I'm sure you made it again last week, if you're talking about two future firsts, right, one likely would come next year. You would think, and, and who cares about that one, right? right it's like I mean, the 30th pick in the draft. It's the 30th pick in the draft. Who cares about that one? I, I would give up a future first somewhere in there. And, 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 I, and I get the Utah Jazz might want more of a player type asset from the Suns, but if they want draft picks, man, draft picks I've got if I'm the Suns. And, and so I don't, I don't know but if it's going to go anywhere, but your news that you broke last week that the Suns had inquired about him, yeah. I hope something there happens because I think he would be perfect. Perfect, perfect. You know, if you go multiple draft picks, one of the things that everybody liked about the Suns in the Kevin in going after Kevin Durant is that they all had all those assets available. But if you trade some assets for uh, you know, for a guy like Bogdanovich, well, now the next time something comes up, you may not have the True. same. Or, but again, I can't wait for that. Like, I mean, what, what makes me better right now? I got you know, I got to take advantage of Chris Paul right now. Yeah, it's we we talked about this a little bit before I left. There's two very distinct different windows for the Phoenix Suns right now. Window one is the Chris Paul window, and that window closes in perhaps a year, maybe two. Maybe you've got one more year after this season. Some people are questioning uh, whether it's closed now. Uh, well, and I don't based on how he played in the playoffs. Having to play when you get to the playoffs, you got to play every other day. He got worn, you know, he got worn out by the Dallas series. And then the other window is the Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson That's window, open longer. and that one's open for five years, six mm-hmm. years. I mean. That one's got some length to it, and so I understand how many draft picks are too many. How many do you want to give up for a guy that's on an expiring contract, and do you want to focus more on 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 saving, not drafting guys with those picks, but to your point, using those picks to replace to Chris Paul, replace Chris Paul, you know, to keep that window Could open as long as you a, can. Can you get a quality point guard by trading three first rounders, four first rounders? A year from now, you might be able could to. You, could you do that? You know, and that's something you think about. Like if I give up a couple of firsts for Bogdanovich. That helps me right now, but it may not help me in the future when I want to replace Chris Paul. But I think you, I, I would do it. If I could give up two first-round draft picks, and I'll follow up on this tonight to see where the negotiations are going. I'll, 
try to get an update for you tomorrow uh, for tomorrow's show. Um, but I like the player. And if I could give up two first-round draft picks for him, I would do it. Yeah, I would think so, too. Danny Ainge and the Jazz have 15 first-round picks in the next seven drafts. Mention DeAndre Ayton. Uh, this is from Bill Simmons' podcast with Ryan Rossillo on September 2nd. They were talking about the Donovan Mitchell trade to the Cavs, which obviously sparked the whole conversation about the Suns getting Bogdanovich. And the conversation kind of steered into the Suns not being smart to wait out a DeAndre Ayton deal and given that the cap is likely going to go up. Here's Rosilla. By the time these guys really start cranking, the cap's going to have a massive spike here in three years again, um, which is why some of these extensions, like it's another reason why I look at the Aiton extension. I'm like, so what did you guys do again? You wasted an entire year. You pissed off a guy and you saved a couple mil. And actually, by the time his contract is up, it's going to be the first year of a new TV agreement as opposed to the fifth year right. that carried over from the previous agreement. Congrats. And by the way, that's not on James Jones. That's on ownership there. So once I started really thinking about that deal more and more, I'm like, yeah, congrats. That was a massive waste of time for everybody. And it's actually not that smart financially. <laughs> It's a great cut, but he, here's where he's kind of wrong. They saved, what, about $40 million? Yeah. Okay. The Suns are in a spot now where they're a taxpayer. Okay? They're a taxpayer. Mm-hmm. They're, they're above the tax threshold. So the tax, you know, takes dollar per dollar, then a dollar fifty per dollar, then it's $2 per dollar. That $40 million that they saved could very well be $80 million. Because if it's two dollars per dollar, eventually it goes to two fifty per dollar. The higher you go up, every five million bucks or so, it goes up higher. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about okay by saving forty million dollars. If you're a taxpayer all these years, these and let's just assume they're going to be a taxpayer for this with Booker and McHale and Gam and Chris for this year. So let's just assume they're going to be a taxpayer for the next five years. Okay, that forty million dollars saved is really more like eighty to a hundred million dollars saved because the- you, because you're not. That's $40 million less that you don't have, that you're not paying in tax. Look, one of the things that we talked about when that deal with Aiton went down, yeah, they saved money. Yeah, they saved money on the tax. I remember having you on from your vacation, talking about working during vacations. You were joining us from the beach in, was it Huntington, I think is where you were that day. Right. Their willingness to go deeper into the tax and if they're willing to use some of the tax money they didn't spend on Aiton to go deeper into the tax to try to win themselves a championship this year, then that's, I hope that's what they're going to use those savings on, right? I, I hope that they're, they're giving themselves extra room under the tax, even though they're still going to be a taxpayer, to go use that on a player who helps make them better to help take advantage of this Chris Paul window at some point in the next couple of years. I hope, other than that, you probably would have been better off giving DeAndre Ayton the five-year deal, knowing the cap spike is coming. You you would have been better off doing that and wasting everybody's time like this. I, my hope was all along they were going to use that difference on a player that would help them right now and go even deeper into the tax. Yeah, and listen, I think by by not getting Durant... There is that ability, okay, you didn't get Durant, you didn't add all that money, but there's a willingness to pay more in the tax. But if they can find the right guy, then find the right guy. guy. Bogdanovich would, you know, obviously increase your tax tax payment, but I I think they're very willing to do it. Yeah, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, the 4 o'clock reset, all of the top stories, and that includes a look at the crazy hot Arizona Diamondbacks that they're two crazy hot starting pitchers right now. That's next on the Burns and Gambo. Show.